Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Wednesday, April 12th, 2022. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, and that's what we look to do here every day. We'd love to hear from you in the comments, and always feel free to visit us on our website at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please do subscribe to our channel. After the rundown of the key stories we're following, we'll get to our BFC Live segment, where today we'll be joined by Daphne Roderick. He is the Senior Director of Communications and Social Responsibility at the Ontario Cannabis Store. We want to chat with him to talk about the results of recent tests into the potency and consistency of legacy versus legal edibles here in Ontario. Of note, in September, we'll be in New York for Business of Cannabis New York, a two-day event. There's more information on that below. It's going to be our biggest event of the year, so please do check that out. For today's stories, Canada is readying to shrink the illicit market. One of the Fab Four is getting into 420. Fraudulent cannabis lab testing in the U.S. And European cannabis is looking for more North American investment. For our first story, the federal government of Canada shared its plan to create a cannabis strategy table that came out in its 2022 budget, which would create a new line of communication between the industry and regulators. This in a story from the Globe and Mail. Many in the industry have blamed disappointing corporate results on high taxes and low potency limits, which still divert consumers to the unregulated market, which we will hear about later uh, with our conversation with David Roderick from the OCS. It says to me that the folks in Ottawa are finally realizing that the cannabis industry, for all its ups and downs, has become a key economic driver. That is a quote from Omar Khan, Senior Vice President of Corporate and Public Affairs at Cannabis Retailer High Tide. He's a frequent guest on Business of Cannabis. You can seek him out on our website as well. For our second story, cannabis company Dadgrass has partnered with the estate of Beatles guitarist George Harrison to launch a new brand, All Things Must Grass. This in a story in Forbes. Dadgrass co-founder Ben Starmer said it's the perfect partnership since his company is all about the classics. Quote, instead of following trends, we're kind of a throwback to the good old days. We keep things easy and dependable, never fancy or complicated, the way Smoking Grass used to be back when George recorded his 1970 album, All Things Must Pass. For our third story, each legal cannabis state in the U.S. has its own approach to lab testing, which has created some striking inconsistencies, according to a paper by Cindy Orser, who is a Ph.D., and she wrote about it in the Cannabis Industry Journal. Some of those uh, striking inconsistencies include pesticides and how micro microbial contaminants are tested. And without federal oversight, some commit varying levels of fraud, such as collusion with cultivators and processors to inflate THC potency, agreeing to pass for contaminants uh, to, re to retain clients, so agreeing to basically give a pass. Here's the takeaway. Working to change consumer attitudes toward THC potency could help, according to the author, but so could standardizing and enforcing lab standards. This goes on the states and, and likely the feds when they legalize, if they legalize. For our final story, Tilray, Aurora, Canopy, and Cureleaf have all already invested in European cannabis, this in a story from BusinessCan, but some of them, like Canopy Growth, have already divested some of their European-based assets, opening the door for new players to enter the landscape. Little Green Farmer bought a Danish facility from Canopy for about 15 million euro below the market value. Canopy also sold C3 Pharma at a loss of about 60% of what it paid in 2019. And in addition to Cureleaf's 2021 acquisition of 
E-M-M-A-C, EMAC, life sciences for 300 million euro, Prohibition Partners estimates that another 180 million euro investments came into Europe last year from North America. There's more on that in the, North, in the European Cannabis Report put up by Prohibition Partners last week. You can find a link below. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 12,000 others and catch all of these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Coming up on BOC Live, a conversation with Daphne Roderick. He's a Senior Director of Communications and Social Responsibility at the Ontario Cannabis Store, where he will discuss their research into the difference between legal and legacy edibles in the Canadian market and what it means for consumers in Ontario. This is Daphne Roderick. Hey, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. I mean, someday maybe <laughs> see you, see you. It's but, only been uh, three years since we've been face to face. So, you know, it's, it's uh, funny. You know, it's funny about that. And now that I think back, it was before, I'm going to bring it all around. Are you ready? It was right yeah. as 2.0 products were launching in Ontario. We were yeah. at your offices at the Ontario Cannabis Store. And yes, we were. you had the full array of what was launching. But that was... Yep. Tell me, was it January 2019? That was, that was January 2020. 2020. Is that right? I Am know. I wrong? Yeah. So, no, that is right. Uh, uh, the edibles were just rolling into the marketplace. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah. And that we were doing that for two months and 10 days. And then we all went home. Yeah. It's good. It's all, <laughs> everybody went home. But, yeah. They kept getting edibles. They kept buying edibles, which is what we're going to talk about today. We they saw it yeah. come across our desk, and you guys obviously pushed it out. You guys did some research about edibles on the legal market, edibles on the legacy market, or illicit market, let's call it. Tell us what you found, because I find it very, very compelling. Okay. So I'll, 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 set, it, I'll set it up is that uh, we, we worked with the National Research Council, which is a, a part of Health Canada. And you know, very well respected laboratory, and uh, with the with the Ontario Provincial Police. So the OPP, their contribution to the to the edibles test was they seized 22 uh, products uh, through various enforcement and put those aside. And then uh, we we talked with them. We talked to NRC. With them. Well, it'd be interesting to do a, a head-on comparison between what you can get in the legal marketplace and what you can get, uh, you know, through moms and and you know various other suppliers. So we, uh, NRC said, great, we're going to pick the 22 legal ones. We're, in, we're not going to tell you what they are. And, you know, samples one through 22 uh, were the legal ones and 23 to 44 were the illegals. And what we found was, uh, I think, should leave people feeling pretty confident about what they're, what they're buying when they're buying at an authorized retailer through OCS.ca. Yeah, and, and it strikes me. And one of the things that really strikes me is that the, the potency when you buy from the OCS or a legal retailer in Ontario is that the potency is the potency. When you don't, the potency is really a huge question mark. And I, I liken it back actually to, to way back when, when edibles first came on the market where people who are experienced consumers said, oh, I, I usually consume you know 50 to 100 milligrams of edibles and I'm fine. You know, get a 10 milligram edible on the legal market now, and are like, whoa, that really hit hard. What's going on? But what's going on is that 100 milligrams or 50 milligrams is not really. 
You know, and I, and I think the, 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 the one truth that came out of this is that when you buy a, when you, when you buy a, a pack of 500 milligrams or 250 milligrams, that's just a number that's written on paper. Uh, there, you really have a no clue what the total potency is for what's in the package and B no clue what each individual piece is going to carry. And I think when you look at, um, one of the things people really like about an edible product is the ability to control dosing. So we had eight products, uh, from the, from, from the illicit side that had fewer than five milligrams in the total package. So it said 500 on the outside and, and what they got was, you know, somewhere 1.2, 2.2. So there's next to nothing in them. And, you know, we, by and large, what we saw is on average between 16 and 20% accuracy compared to what's on, what's written on the label. And I, and I don't think that's should be shocking to anybody. Uh, and it, it, but it really, you know, it leaves you wondering because if you, if you look to online forums or you talk to people, one of the big rubs they've always had on the, on the edibles that are available through authorized retailers is, well, they're just not as potent. And I, and I think, um, I think that, that this test really does a good job of setting aside that, that argument. It's, it's, it's not, you know, yes, there may be some out there that are potent. I don't know which ones those are and neither do you. And neither do they. Yeah. No, right. no. Right. And I think no. that, I think that's part of the, 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 the value add or the benefit obviously of, of consuming legal product is that what is on the label is what's in the product. And there's nothing in the product that's not on the label, which is also a, a you know an interesting uh, thing. And and you know I, I liken it back to like there, you just don't know, right? Like you don't know the potency, even if you're only judging on that. If it says 100 milligrams, it may not be, or it may be more, and it may not be evenly distributed through a product. Like all the things that the legal market has been very good at, and right. frankly, the price, just like everything else, and you guys track it as well. The prices come down on legal edibles, and so. The, you know, while there may be some need to regulatorily increase the potency, you know, the overall in a package, but you know what's in the package is in the package. Yeah, and that you know, we were if we looked at you know on on average, the uh, the legal products were ninety nine point eight percent accurate. So you know, I, I I think one thing regulation works. Uh, the, the industry has done an incredible job because that's not easy to achieve. We were, we, you know, the, the, some of the scientists we spoke to were, were pretty wowed that they were able to go from a flower to, a, to an extract from the flower to including it in an ingredient of something that also has to taste good because consumers are not going to eat things that don't taste good or drink things that don't taste good. And we're seeing that now with choices people make. They're like, these I love, those not so much. And it just gets reflected in sales, but you know the the industry is you know I, I think people can have confidence when they're buying something, and I think as a consumer, um, we're all very concerned with what we put in our body, and and uh, I don't really want to be putting you know uh, pesticides in that that I'm not you know fully briefed on or aware of, and that, that's also we saw is 19 out of the 22 products had um, pesticides at Health Canada. Uh, limits for use in the production of, of regulated cannabis. Right. Um, and so then that sort of, you back that up. Well, what are they doing with the off flow? 
Where, where is, you know, how are they managing those pesticides? What are the workers' exposures to those pesticides? Because when you're working in an unregulated industry, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they're not providing respirators and, and other things that you should be using those things. But also, when you look at the certificate of analysis for a legal dried flower, you don't see those. Right. So it's, I, I, I think it's a really compelling uh, argument for for the legal market, and uh, and I think that the the licensed producers and should feel really good about yeah. uh, what they're doing. And it's consistent with, I, I think there was a report out of New Brunswick. Similarly, I think they were doing dry flower. Like th this is, I think, really consistent. And, and I think is a real testament to the industry and a real, could be an eye opener for consumers um, that this is the way to go. And we know even without this information, the, nu the numbers are going in the right direction, right? More people consuming legal product across all yep. categories, both because there's more stores and it's more available and the price point is right and the value is right. And now here's another sort of, uh, uh, you know, more in the arsenal to say, like here, here's here's the legal product stand for, and here's what the illicit product is. And I guess the, the question is, because because we have you here, um, like consumers make choices on all of these things, right? Like you you guys know because you see where they're searching on the OCS and what what stores are buying. Like they are responding to flavor profile, ingredients, and, and even increasingly so. What we've seen and we've talked to some manufacturers around it's like even the ingredients within the legal edibles, like some are no sugar, some are, you know, gluten-free, like they're even expanding the range of flavors to be not just, you know, blueberry, strawberry, raspberry, like candy flavors, but also more refined. I think there's like a, you know, apple cider vinegar, you know, there's like a bunch of apple cider vinegar and pomegranate, you know, there's, there's some really great flavors. And the, the thing that, um, and I'm going to lose my train of thought because I told you I, I had a little bit of brain fog going. But the thing that I find really, you know, really interesting is there are literally hundreds of different edibles available. And, and these, all these companies are competing and bringing their best effort into the marketplace and consumers are getting the choice. So consumers are really winning right now. I think in Canadian cannabis consumers and Ontario cannabis consumers, they've got great market access. They've got access to a lot of different products. And they're going to get to pick their favorites, but you know, you when you talk when we talk about potency and a lack of pesticides, nobody's selling their products on. Hey, we're being accurate, right. and we're not including you know harmful things for you. They're selling it on flavor and innovation, and you know, putting it in, being able to do beverages, um, managing onset. You know, onset's a really sophisticated nut to crack, and that's not something that you can do in the illicit market. They just don't have the capacity to do that. Um, whereas we're seeing, you know, really good work on onset uh, in, in the legal marketplace. So, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of, lots, a lot of positives here. It's great. It's great. I just want to package up this conversation and we're going to send it to Quebec where right now, I think they did one edible in their whole category on their website. It's like a cookie, right? I think it's something like, it's really just one. You do a search. It's one in the Montreal, so a Montreal eater just wrote about it, but, but really, I mean, this is, I think the industry across this country is leaning into it, minus one province. But I really think this really speaks well to the sort of sophistication, the growth, and, and where this industry is going here in Canada, where we can lead other places. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, we, we spoke a little bit about this earlier, but, you know, the value of regulation, the fact that, you know, you, I'm sure, you know, one of the rubs in Canada has been, you know, CBD products. Why, why should they be sold through an OCS or through authorized retailers? Why can't they just be sold everywhere? Well, if this test tells us anything, it's that regulated products deliver exactly what they say they're going to bring. Why? 
because there's a license involved, there's inspections involved. You have to follow the rules. It's not really optional. Right. So you have to give consumers what they say. Whereas I'm certain that if we were to do a, a broad study of CBD products available illegally, we would find a lot that are really just oregano oil. And that's... Yeah. I think if you're know. lucky, it's oregano oil. Yeah, which is actually not bad for our kids. Um, <laughs> it's not CBD, but it, it is it's pretty good. Yeah, worse. Yeah. I really want to, I, I appreciate the work that OCS is doing on this front and all fronts. And thank you for your time today. We look forward to connecting thank down you. the road. And I am going to send this to the, to the team in Quebec. Well, uh, you know, good luck. And, uh, you know, it, hopefully it's not another uh, two years and two months. <laughs> plus you. No, we'll see you before then. We'll definitely see you before. Then. I appreciate it. Thanks for stopping awesome. by. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jay. That was episode 67 of the Cannabis Daily Show. Thank you for joining us here on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. Please do subscribe and we will see you tomorrow.